Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r/slash nuclear revenge video. Today, we've got revenge stories against roommates and friends, but first, Make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. That said, our first story of the day is getting back at my friend for trying to steal my boyfriend. Some friendships are built to last forever. It doesn't matter how early or late in life you meet them. Sometimes you know that they're built to last. Other times you think that a friend will last forever, but they end up just being the one to break your heart. I'm a 22-year-old black American female, and my now ex-best friend Sam is a 22-year-old white female. Sam and I have known each other since before we were born. Our mothers met at the antenatal clinic because they were dressed similarly and were both new to town. Coincidentally, they also lived in the same neighborhood and took walks together, cooked together, and did a lot of other things with each other. Sam and I were both three months apart, with her being older and me obviously being younger. The age dynamic played no part in our life. However, as I grew up in a household that prioritized speaking up for rights, I was quick to speak and was very outspoken about things I didn't like. Sam was more on the quiet side, being the one to calm me down when things seemed to be getting out of hand. Even as a young preschooler, I understood injustice pretty well enough to speak up on it. I was scrawny, but I didn't let the bigger kids push me or any of my friends around. As I grew, I began to recognize passive-aggressive, racially-charged situations. And while I was one to call people out on it, Sam chose to stay out of it because she didn't know much on the subject and liked to stay out of things that wasn't any of her business. Now that I think about it, that was a very weird response, seeing as she was best friends with a black person. Still, I was not one to need anyone to fight my battles, as I fought them and other people's own pretty well. Sam's parents were my second parents. They were there for me when my father battled cancer and my mother stayed with him in the hospital. They were there physically and emotionally when I started failing classes due to undiagnosed dyslexia, and they even took me to get it checked out for a proper diagnosis. Where my parents were a little more strong-handed with raising me, and I don't blame them because they were black parents with a black child living in a predominantly white area, Sam's parents were a little kinder. I saw Sam as an extension of her parents, so even while she was out with her other friends and had zero idea of the things I went through, her parents were kind to me, and so she was kind to me as well. The summer before our freshman year of high school, my mother switched from her office job to become a hairdresser, opening up her own town place barely a block away from where we live. The main reason was so that we could keep an eye on my recovering father and me. She also loved hairdressing, so it was no big deal for her. Almost automatically, she became mine and Sam's permanent hairdresser, making us promise to let her try new styles out with our hair. Now, I've got good hair, a full head of coily 4C hair that's as long as the middle of my back when stretched out. Sam had long, dirty blonde hair that was almost always in a ponytail, but still it was healthy hair. Whenever I didn't have my hair stretched or braided to school and took my afro instead, I would get stares. After a while, I started to notice that my classmates would scoot away from me, giggle and laugh when I passed by. It went on for a few weeks until the school nurse called me in to check for lice. Because apparently there was a rumor that I had lice. Let me clarify again that I was the only completely black student at school. The only other person was a mixed race Japanese girl. 
I had no idea she was mixed until her father came to pick her up one time in elementary school. As someone who never let things go, I investigated the case to find out who had been spreading those rumors about me. It turned out to be by my best friend Sam. When I confronted her, she swore that it was just a joke that she had told that was taken out of context. I obviously believed her because she was my best friend. We really started to drift apart in sophomore year when I joined the journalism club. I became friends with a different group of kids and we got along really well together. I even got closer to the club's head, who was a class above me and also played basketball. We went on a few dates together before becoming official. I told Sam during a sleepover, but begged her not to tell anyone as it was still under wraps. By the end of the week, the entire school knew my little secret. My new boyfriend was fine with it, but it made me incredibly uncomfortable that my own best friend wouldn't know how to keep a secret from me. Again, I confronted Sam and she brushed it off, saying that everyone already knew anyways and it wasn't as much of a secret as I thought it was. At that moment, I knew that I had to either stop telling Sam really important things or find a way to change her. Stupidly, I decided that the latter would be easier because not only was she my childhood friend, she was my best friend for Pete's sake. There had to be a way. My boyfriend and I were together for nearly 8 months and we broke up after I wrote an article on black hair and its significance for the school's newly launched online magazine. A lot of the comments from other people of color students supported the article, but the majority thought that it was too aggressive and somehow felt threatened by it. One of them, who was Sam. It caused a huge discourse among the journalism team on whether to keep the article up or take it down, and when I pushed for it to stay up, it caused a fight between my boyfriend and I. We argued for a whole week and then he broke up with me for being too stubborn and dramatic about something so simple. He also wanted to get me kicked off the team but the teacher who headed the club refused it. I was heartbroken and spoke to my best friend about it and despite being comforting and doing all of the things like watching sappy movies with me and eating copious amounts of junk food, she also let me know just how much she hated that I was dating him. In the moment it felt good to hear her say it because I assumed that she missed me. However, in retrospect, I think she meant it in a completely different way. I didn't get with anyone until senior year, when it was time to choose colleges. Sam and I had always wanted to go to California together, so we applied to the same universities. After we got our admission, we started registrations together. During the whole orientation process, I met a cute second-year foreign exchange student who had the nicest French accent and incredibly soft, fluffy hair. We got along as friends pretty well, and although I fell really hard for him, I wanted to take it slow. I desperately wanted to tell Sam, but I had my reservations based on past experiences. During the time that I wondered whether or not to tell her, she let me know that she was in a relationship and needed my advice. Something about her asking me softened my heart, and I exchanged information about my new crush. She encouraged me to go for it and get together with him, which I did. For a while, school seemed to be going well. My relationship with my best friend was smooth sailing and I had a hot French boyfriend who wanted to be seen everywhere with me. We were together for about 7 months before my 20th birthday rolled around. My boyfriend intended to surprise me with a trip to France, but being the person I was, it was very hard to let anything get past my nose. He decided to tell Sam instead. After all, she was my best friend. From his side of the story, Sam was against taking me to Paris, saying something about not being sure if I would fit in. 
He also mentioned that most of the things she said, she said them suggestively, as if trying to make it seem like he was the one thinking or saying it. I was of course pleasantly oblivious while all of this was happening, simply satisfied that my best friends and my boyfriend were getting along. They even had an inside joke between themselves, and that just gladdened me even more. I don't know why, but I didn't think that Sam would ever do anything to sabotage my relationship. About two weeks to my birthday, Sam started telling me about how she didn't trust my boyfriend and that she felt like he was just joking around with our relationship. She also found his old Twitter with some racist tweets and showed it to me, making me promise to never tell him that I had found it. This was where I started to get suspicious of Sam because my boyfriend still used the same Twitter from over 8 years ago, and most of what he tweeted were gaming crap posts. I was very confused as to who to believe, so I expressed my feelings to another friend of mine. They told me to confront my boyfriend about the accusations that Sam brought forward and see what he said. The way he defended himself would let me know whether he was being honest or not. I took her advice, and just a few days till my birthday, I spoke to my boyfriend about how I felt and the things that Sam had told me. He was very red in the face as he explained that Sam had actually been trying to move on him. This was where he spilled the surprise that he had for my birthday and how Sam had discouraged him against it, saying that I didn't know how to act in public settings and that I was too loud. What broke my heart was knowing that these were things that Sam could actually do. I had deliberately blinded myself all these years because I believed that she would change. But hearing my boyfriend talk... I realized that I'd been fooling myself. Still, I wanted to hear from the horse's mouth and set up a meeting with them both, asking them to be honest or I would never speak to them again. That was when Sam went on a long rant about how you didn't deserve someone like him because girls like me ended up pregnant at 15 and girls like her were the ones who got with boys like him. She said many other things that I would like to not recall, but they were mostly racially charged, and it was so sad seeing all the hatred on her face. Sadness turned to anger when she started admitting to some really crappy things that she had done without my knowledge, and I made it a point to get back at her. After the huge confrontation, it was like a film had been removed from my eyes. I began to see that Sam really wasn't a good person. She did drugs recreationally, skipped classes, and messed around with professors. She also had a few cases of assault and drunk driving to her name, but because she had money, she was able to silence the people she had hurt. I spent an entire weekend compiling evidence on all the BS that she had been involved in, which was well over a year's worth, and I sent them to the school and her parents. Anonymously, of course. She was kicked out of the school and taken to a smaller, more compact rehabilitation center in a desert in Utah, where she was diagnosed with nymphomania, alcohol and drug abuse, as well as some other behavioral issues and would be watched all the time. Did I feel bad after? Yes, I felt absolutely horrible that I did something so life-changing to get back at the girl who was supposed to be my best friend for being racist to me and attempting to steal my boyfriend. But in order to justify my actions, I always tell myself that if I didn't do it, maybe she would have gone too far. I'm 22 now and just graduated from college. My boyfriend and I are still together and we're taking a year to travel around Europe. Sam got out of the rehab center about a year ago and started attending community college close to home. I mean, I can imagine how if you have good friends, you're willing to overlook a lot of their flaws or maybe be blinded to them. 
But if Sam was that bad that they immediately got diagnosed and shipped off to a rehab center, OP must have had some serious blinders on. Do you guys think if you have a best friend who has those active ongoing issues that it's possible to have enough of a blinding worldview of them to miss all these things? Or did OP miss shockingly a lot of probably obvious stuff? I'd like to know what you guys think in the comments down below. And our final story of the day is I made my roommate miss her interview. My roommate burnt my songbook and in retaliation, I got her to miss an important interview. When I decided that I was not going to go to college and that I want to focus on other stuff instead, my mom was not happy about my decision, but she supported me nonetheless. For two years... Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. I worked as a manager in my mom's restaurant in town, and the locals knew and loved me. During the day, I was the manager, and at night, I pulled out my guitar and sang for customers. It sure made them happy. My mom was not so happy anyway. She wanted me to move out of town and have a full life. I was content where I was, and I told her this all the time. She wouldn't listen, though. She just felt like I was wasting my youth in a small town and not meeting enough people. She also wanted me to pursue a career in songwriting. I've been writing songs since I could write. I love music. Singing and writing songs are my absolute favorite things to do. But I've always preferred songwriting and wanted to become a famous songwriter. A singer, not so much. Because I didn't think I was that good a singer and I didn't want my face out there as a famous artist. It's just too much pressure and people are mean. Writing songs behind the scenes was my dream, but I was too terrified to chase my dreams. Every day, mom sternly reminded me that I was not doing anything to make my dream of becoming a famous songwriter come true. 
I know it was from a place of love, but I wished she just would have let me be and do things in my own time. One day, while cleaning out the garage, I found an old picture of my mom. She was standing before a microphone singing. She was also visibly pregnant. I was shocked. I knew my mom could sing, but I didn't even know that she sang in front of a secular audience. She was in the church's choir, but that was it. The only places she ever sang were in church and the bathroom. My mom got so emotional when I asked her about it. It turned out that she wanted to be a singer too. She was already singing, but she got pregnant and decided to keep me. She also decided that she would raise me in the town her parents lived because the standard of living was less expensive there, and it was easier raising a child in a place where she had help. I was mad at my mom for not telling me about this dream of hers. Are you trying to live vicariously through me? Is that why you keep trying to get me to move out of this town? I asked her in tears. Maybe a little, but honey, what I want the most is for you to live to your greatest potential. I didn't get to make my dreams come true, but I want you to make yours. We hugged it out. I started to make plans to leave town. First, I applied for an assistant job in the city, and I got it. I remembered my pen pal in high school lived in that same city. She was a smart kid who had few friends in high school. We wrote to each other regularly and kept writing to each other, even after she graduated from school. She offered that I move into her apartment, her roommate had just moved out, so it was fine. She was a terrific roommate the three months we lived together. She showed me around the city and we spent time together. Sadly, three months after I moved in, she had to leave. Her parents had been talking to her about going to college and she eventually agreed and left. It was when she left that my new roommate moved in. My roommate was a very pretty girl. The first time I met her was when my previous roommate and I interviewed applicants after my roommate paid to have it announced in a local newspaper that I was looking for a roommate. She was sweet and nice and didn't come off as irresponsible, so we decided to go for her. When the previous roommate moved out, she moved in with me. At first it was awkward for us. I wasn't one to warm up to strangers so easily. I was quite shy and could be socially awkward too, but we eventually became quite cordial and then we became friends. We went to the movies together, got coffee together, and got to know and like each other. I was a fantastic cook since I've worked at my mom's restaurant since I was 15, and my mom is an amazing cook. I made all of our meals, so we hardly went out unless we wanted to. I didn't have an issue with my roommate not joining me in the kitchen to cook, because, let's face it, she was a bad cook. One time she made coffee and it tasted like contaminated water. She didn't even know her way around the kitchen. I didn't care as long as she cleaned up after eating. It didn't make sense that she wouldn't wash her dishes and then leave them for me to wash. I took time to prepare our meals and I expected her to at least be considerate and clean up in the kitchen after cooking, but she never did that. The height of it was not cleaning her dishes. I hated confrontation, so I always did the dishes, but at some point, I could not take it anymore and had to confront her about it. One night after we had dinner, I asked her why she never did the dishes. Oh, I just sort of thought the kitchen was your territory. My territory? It's our territory. As long as you eat from the kitchen, it's your territory too. She says, why are you being so extra? Fine, I'll wash the darn plates going forward. I say, why wouldn't I be? How can you not know you ought to wash your dishes? It's insensitive of you to just dump your dishes in the sink. She didn't say anything, she just left her room. The next morning, I made cookies for us before leaving for work. But when I returned from work, I noticed she didn't touch the cookies. 
I figured she was still mad about the confrontation, but I didn't say anything. I didn't want her to think that she could just give me the cold shoulder because I spoke to her about something that made me uncomfortable. That night, I made dinner and knocked on her door. Dinner's ready, I called out to her. She didn't respond, so I knocked again. Go away, she yelled. I was surprised because I had never heard her yell at anybody. She was quite the sweet extrovert who was dedicated to getting me to go out and get stuff done, and we had never had an issue. I honestly had thought that she would move on from that incident, that I would move on from it too and we would go back to being friends. She stopped eating my meals and I stopped including her when planning my meals too. Sometimes she ate food and left the plastic bags and papers in the sink. She would use the dishes too and would take so long to wash them. It was making the kitchen look bad. Sometimes it even smelled. I wondered if she did that just to spite me, but I figured that was not the case. She'd always been too lazy to get stuff done, but I'd hardly noticed because I was comfortable cleaning up after her. My boss was going on a work trip and she needed me to go with her. I packed my suitcase and we flew to a different state that week. It was two days of work and more work and when I returned home, it was a mess. The kitchen stank. I almost cried. Oh, now that I think about it, I did cry about it. I went into my room and cried a little. It was the first time since I left home that I badly wished I didn't leave home. I never had to deal with stuff like that back home. I wished I could pay my rent alone so I would have the house all to myself. When she returned from work, I confronted her about it. She was about to ignore me as usual, so I blocked her from entering her room and yelled at her. We were both angry and we said mean things to each other. She walked into her room and slammed the door in my face. I banged on her door continuously. Stop annoying me, she screamed. I'm not leaving your door until you step out and clean up your mess, I shouted back. True to my word, I kept knocking loudly on the door. She came out dressed in a big sweatshirt and jeans and angrily left the apartment. I waited patiently for her to return from wherever she went because I was ready to bother her when she returns, but I slept off. I was too tired for my work trip. The next morning, I saw that she had cleaned up the dishes and the kitchen. I was relieved and went to work. One day, I thought of a fine idea for a song and decided to write it in my songs book. I looked everywhere in the apartment for it, but I couldn't find it. It was a weekend. I thought it would be on my desk at the office. All through that weekend, I looked for it. I would just randomly look for it and then console myself that it was probably just at work. It was such an important book, I couldn't afford to lose it. I still remember what it looked like, a big blue journal with a hardcover. I wrote all of my songs in it and would edit and develop songs in it. It wasn't always easy to remember what lyrics I thought of, so I would write them down until I was ready to create something out of them. That Monday, I went to work hoping and praying that I would find my book. I did not. I looked everywhere for it when I returned home. I was hurt about losing that book. I had all my ideas in it and I can't remember half the things in it anymore. I was so sad about it that I took a day off just to mourn my book. My roommate hadn't been around for a while, so when she returned, I asked if she had seen it. She said no and hurriedly went into her room. I decided to move on and forget about the book. I talked to my boss at work and she advised that I write on a computer rather than a book, so I started doing that. One day I got back from work pretty early and perceived a burning smell from my roommate's room. I rushed to her room and saw that she'd left her curling iron on. I quickly turned it off before it would destroy the dressing table more than it already had. I was about to leave for my room when I saw a blue object on her bed. 
It was my song's book, only it was just the hardback and the actual book was gone. I looked everywhere in her room for it, but I couldn't find it. I was still searching when she came in. What are you doing in my room? She asked exasperatedly. Where is my book? I demanded, raising the hard paperback to let her know I was on to her. I don't know. You don't know? I mean, I know. I burnt it. Please don't be mad. Of course I was mad. I was so mad that I said nothing. I just left her room for mine. I knew I could hurt her if I stayed there and I didn't want that to happen. She knew just how important my songbook was to me and how hard I was working to get one of my songs out there. I couldn't believe that someone would be that mean and cruel. That night I told my mom about it and she suggested I move out. I agreed, even though that was so unfair to me. I loved my apartment, my room, and my kitchen. Moving out just because my roommate was an evil person angered me. I decided it was my best solution anyway. She was just too vile and I couldn't even trust myself to not attack her for what she had done, so for both of our safety, it was best we no longer live together. I had started to look for an apartment when one day I got a call on her phone. It was for my roommate, so the caller asked if I could take a message. I said yes and lied about being her sister. The caller was calling to tell me that my roommate had a job interview at a fashion company the next Tuesday. I knew she applied for that position a while ago, and she had mentioned many times how it was her dream to work in that place. I chuckled to myself as I pretended to write the details the caller shared with me down. When my roommate came back from work, I told her about her audition, only that I told her it was Friday instead. She thanked me and tried to apologize again for my book, but I just walked to my room and shut my door. I had nothing to say to her. There was nothing she could say to me at that point. Plus. I didn't want to feel guilty for what I had just done to her. I had a soft heart and I didn't want to spare her the pain of feeling just what I felt when she burnt my book. That Friday, she came knocking on my door screaming, calling me names. I didn't respond to her. I was going to move out the next day anyway, so I didn't care. The next morning, she saw me and tried to physically attack me. I simply told her I would call the police if she dared move an inch closer to me. She stayed back and I waited until a friend from work came over and helped me pack my things. I never saw my roommate again, and I wonder if she's still a mean-spirited person. To this day, I still can't believe that someone burned my book over a minor argument. I guess some people are just extreme. Honestly, I feel like it's for the best that OP moves out from this place because people like that I feel like are the most dangerous. People who you think you understand and would act a certain way, and then out of nowhere they just explode in some crazy way, especially behind your back like that, I would not feel safe living in the same place as somebody like that. I feel like if you piss them off enough, you're going to wake up with a kitchen knife in your back or something. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.